Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Experience the Difference, the European Customer Experience Organisation's podcast series. My name is Christopher Brooks and I'll be your host. In today's episode, we meet Kirsty Lasio. Kirsty is a seasoned customer experience consultant, helping organisations in Finland both evolve their approaches on customer experience but also how to grow beyond domestic reach to new countries within and beyond Europe. We caught up with Kirsty recently to talk about those challenges of progressing customer centricity in an organisation. On today's podcast, we're joined by Kirsty. Hi, Kirsty. Great to have you with us. Hey, Christopher. Very excited to be here. Thanks for the invite. You're very welcome. Now, as a member of ECXO, we're starting to get a real appreciation of the importance of the diverse views and ways of working across Europe. And, and, you know, based in Finland, you're someone who has a very interesting take on things. Within the ECXO, many of us know who you are, but for those perhaps outside who are listening in for the first time, could you give us an appreciation of your background, where you've come from, your kind of views on customer experience and customer centricity, and where you are now? Happy to do that. So I'm based in Finland and having the view from the Nordics uh, on Europe, I think like what has brought me today is kind of, you know, the diverse and the variety of different European cultures. And half of my life I've uh, spent in in various countries, in Central Europe, Italy, US, uh, well, almost everywhere. And that has taught me kind of what kind of perspective you need to take on on people and and on customers, if I may take so. And I've worked with numerous Nordic brands and realized that brilliant product, a brilliant service innovations. But when I joined them, I kind of realized that they, they, they didn't have that outside in view so what does it really mean for the customer what's the value for the customer and therefore like my professional career has been based on turning these companies these brands to be more customer centric one of the companies i recently worked with was happy or not uh, which is kind of like real time customer insight and that opened me up also the value of verifying uh, whether the customer experience is that what you wanted it to be as a company. Also kind of like verifying whether you really succeed in understanding the customer's needs uh, in the first place. So what you promise, are you kind of really keeping that promise by delivering the value? So the verification comes through that. And uh, now the past years I've been working with uh, a lot of growth companies who want to go global as an advisor or board member and changing also the way, for example, in boards that how do you handle in boards customers or customer centricity? Are your numbers customer oriented? Do you look at customer lifetime value, for example? Is the management really leading a culture that supports customer first or employees first? So therefore, it's kind of like a wide overview. Uh, how do you change a culture to be more customer centric and building those values that support it? You're not someone who just talks about theory of, of bringing the voice of the customer in, but you've you've been there at the sharp end, seen probably the value of doing it well, and also learned a few of the lessons of kind of you know what how not to do it. So it must be of great value to these organisations. That probably brings us onto our, our topic. Um, which is is a really interesting one. And how you get the momentum for change, you know, how you get to that point 
from expletive to shift, I think you kind of put it, is, is kind of getting getting to that right sort of place. So this is something, I guess, is something you've experienced, organisations sort of stagnated and not knowing how to, how to create that sort of shift. So what's your take on this topic then? Well, usually they start kind of like organisations, they've, they say they've done everything well. We've built customer journey maps. We've put uh, the customer in our strategy. We say we are customer-centric, but we don't see it in our everyday life. So in practice, we haven't really shifted into a customer-centric organization. And I usually go with the fact there's just two ways to take. Like First is with the management to make sure the goals and targets you have really set, that they are also customer-oriented, customer customer focused so if you say that you are you all the all the metrics or, or you know things that you you follow and uh, you know look at from a per- performance perspective if they are only from a sales perspective let it let it put it that way not necessary from a customer outcome perspective so what is it what you deliver where you're able to really fulfill the the customer value part is the customer getting from you uh, what you promise. So is the customer outcome really supporting that? Then it, it won't really work if uh, your goals and, and uh, targets are not setting accordingly. So it starts from the management level and then the, the values what you have in the company that you live and breathe customer centricity, but you have to drive the awareness within the company. And one of the kind of real life examples that has been that, uh, for example, at Happy or Not, but other companies as well, uh, I feel together with the teams, this kind of like a 360 degrees view of a customer journey, for example, in one meeting room. So not that the customer journey is, is one kind of like sheet or uh, it's mapped out in a tool which sits somewhere digitally. We kind of like, you know, put that really in real life uh, terms into a meeting room with print, with moving image, with uh, screenshots from the website and invited the entire company to walk the customer journey through. That was a lot of aha moments, not only for the higher management, but also like, let's put it that way, that there was a software coder and he or she, they didn't kind of really understand like, what's my piece, what I'm working on, what kind of uh, effect does it have in the bigger picture? And while mapping this in a real life uh, kind of example out in, in that specific meeting room, people were actually able to spot pain points or friction points, whatever, like an invoice that was, comp- that, that was sent out in a completely uh, wrong moment to the customer. Or then people who were not working with the invoice department, they had like in the brand, like for example, the marketing or branding department, they had an understanding, oh, this is how the invoice looks like. And you're actually using terminology there. So it was kind of like a, this kind of eye-opening moment for the entire company that this simple concept of a customer journey that was brought into in, into real life in that meeting room. And later on, customers were invited as well and kind of like really made sure that we were walking in the customer's shoes and having that uh, insight. This is really living outside in thinking, isn't it? I mean, the, the idea of making sure that the customer walks through the journey with you to ensure that what you feel you've represented, you have represented, which I guess has benefit on two levels. One, it means that you reprioritize around what matters to the customer. But two, it's, as you said, it's kind of been an aha moment for the organization to go, ah, 
We always thought that meant this, but what you're telling us is it means something very different. How, in your experience, do organizations take that? Do they work on the basis that all feedback is a gift or does it start to become critical? The companies usually take it by surprise in the beginning. So they're kind of like, oh, uh, customer experience uh, sometimes happens, happens for them by kind of like accident. And once they start to get the feedback, they're very curious about it. But it takes a while before they get it as a gift, because they need to understand how to utilize that feed, how to combine that with other data and kind of like lead with that data to kind of uh, get some development, get, uh, you know, improvements, uh, get new innovation. But it takes always a while a bit to understand, like, what does this feedback mean? And uh, sometimes even companies overdo it a bit. They ask feedback from the customer at every single touch point where we kind of like come to this point that there is this feedback fatigue, uh, satisfaction fatigue, that customers don't want to anymore answer any surveys. So therefore, I think it's it's more valuable to focus on, on certain moments of truth and understand what is the data really telling me. And I try to un- uh, encourage the companies really look uh, behind the feedback, what is there? What, what what other data can you prove? For example, on a website, if you have heat maps, you can verify are the customers actually moving uh, on that side, doing certain things, or is that really frictionless? What you offer this kind of experience? So, for example, if you are ha- offering a chat you won't necessarily tell them in the chat to move away from the chat and look on a website or call us because the customer is in that specific channel. So you try to make uh, things as smooth as as, as possible. But I I encourage them really to, to gather the feedback and verify from the customer's point of view that what you are delivering them is really valuable for the customer. And especially kind of, you know, in order to create that aha moment within the organization, you need to empower and make everybody accountable in the organization as well for customer experience. So it's not only kind of the customer care organization that that's responsible, it's everybody's responsibility. And therefore, this kind of like, you know, walking through the customer journey with the entire company helps you in that exercise. That's really interesting lesson there. So, you know, bringing everyone together from their different silos, from their separated areas, together review the map and understand the impact they're making. But also then importantly, you're saying kind of another aspect of it is to give accountability and I guess ownership back to the functions and the areas to go away and make the improvement on behalf of the company in, in respect to the business strategy. So so two, two very complementary activities but both of them really bringing the customer into the business. So if if we move beyond the journey map um, and beyond the empowerment for the the service design improvement, what other areas would you say are are really important in in helping to get that that momentum and get that traction for change? Well, the the empowering part that that, uh, the employees really understand that what's in it for me if I kind of really work a bit harder to create a a positive customer experience. So empowering the the employees also making decisions on the spot and certainly kind of, you know, you need to engage them that they understand what they're doing. I'll give you an example. So uh, one of the companies I'm advising, like they, from the beginning, they, they were not really 
looking at the key critical customer outcomes. And they had no idea like what kind of value is actually the customer providing, like customer lifetime value. And let's say like that customer's lifetime value was like 10,000 euros. And it was a kind of like at the retail level. And if a customer was unhappy, you know, and uh, talking to the sales clerk, the sales clerk was empowered by giving, in, in that case example, a, a hundred a budget of 100 euros uh, to fix that issue. And I mean, from a, a customer lifetime value of 10,000 euros, 100 euros is li- really little in that sense. However, the employee was able with that specific amount can really make a decision on uh, his or her own uh, to you know, fix the customer's issue. And that's a perfect example that you kind of empower your employees, you show them the big picture, what kind of like uh, drivers are there. As a company, you're also looking into some certain metrics from a customer perspective, and you can make like quick decisions without big hierarchy, you know, setups. And by that empowering employees, that also creates motivation. I can decide, I can decide on the, on the spot. And it also like develops the customer empathy feeling. I mean, that it always comes down that, okay, do we have the right attitude within our company? Do we have people who really focus on, on CX or drive CX development? So, so therefore, you need to make sure that you also create an environment and a culture within the company that everyone who works with it has the specific customer empathy, is engaged with it, understands in the big picture what we are doing, and are also empowered to do decisions or whatever, like design certain elements from a customer perspective. So that kind of like, you know, puts it in the right uh, framework, mm-hmm. uh, understanding how do you get everybody on board? That is something what I've seen as a shift to happen in a lot of companies. So not that it kind of happens by accident that ooh, now <laughs> this happened they can also kind of beforehand anticipate uh, certain developments or beforehand fix things that there's not like this so-called failure demand happening by understanding what the customer really needs and and take uh, design steps to avoid this kind of failure demand to happen. I've got out of that sort of five really key things there we've been speaking about one of them is just just simply visibility, giving everyone visibility, equal rights and access. So there's no sense of one particular individual or team has a greater view of the customer than others. So I like that one. The second one is, is around inclusion. So kind of making sure that everyone recognizes their responsibility and their accountability. But they can't do that, as you're saying, without the empowerment. And making sure that they're, they're empowered and and the way to, to help empower them is to make sure that we work hard to really empathize with both our colleagues and the change they're going through but the customers and the having empathy with, with their particular situation and then i like that i really like that last point because we, we hear a lot around personalize it for the customer and what you're actually saying is you know move from a reactive you know, kind of fix issue demand basis to actually becoming proactive and thinking ahead of what the customer wants. And, and that for me is, is a very pragmatic definition of personalization. I, I don't need things personalized for me as an individual. I need them in personalized for people like me. 
So therefore, you know, having a proactive mindset means you're always thinking one step ahead. I think there's some incredible lessons in there. And, um, you know, you can tell, Kirsty, a, a lot of this is only possible to share because of two reasons. One is your length of experience you've had working in different organizations. But I suggest also the diversity of organizations as you're helping companies move across different geographies and different sectors and different cultures, which brings me on to my final point I'd like to talk to you about, which is we've grown up in the last 10 years with perhaps a a single flavor of customer experience ice cream kind of we've all been brought up believing there was one flavor and it would suit everybody but I think something that I've noticed being a part of the European customer experience organization is whilst we sit maybe just a few hundred miles away from our our colleagues in different countries across Europe it is such a dynamic and diverse way in which customer experience is being applied Oh, yes, yes, I would say definitely. And I said, like, uh, sometimes I'm, despite the fact that I spent several years of times in various European countries, I'm still surprised that how different certain things are. And in a sense, like, there's not one single recipe that this is the way how you, you should do customer experience or this is, how, this is how you should build, like, customer centricity. It helps a lot if you have that empathy part because empathy also helps you to understand different cultures and understand, like, what are the drivers. Having this kind of, like, network that brings together experts and specialists and, and people who kind of, you know, can spark together as change, exchange ideas helps you to understand the kind of like uh, the differences in cultures. And coming from Finland, where Finnish is, is a language that's only spoken in Finland, we always need to think about, you know, localization, which means kind of internationalization when going abroad. So you need to understand not only the culture, there is the language specifics, but then also kind of, you know, customer insights. How do the customers think and value certain things in various markets? And therefore, this kind of like European connections where the variety of the markets uh, really is, is uh, you know, uh, astonishing. I think it really helps to get a better overview and, and kind of like lowers the barriers to go to a new country as a business. You know, I help companies that want to go global and usually from the Nordic perspectives, geographically, it feels easier to go to the neighboring countries or to operate in Europe. But you need to understand that there are these these differences. And once you have that inside out view, you can change that into an outside in view. So you look it from your target market, market perspective or you look it from from your customer's perspective, that really helps to understand what does it take to be successful in a European context. I've got a strong belief that, you know, we we share everything in the spirit of progress. And amongst the community, I think we've got like-minded people who want to take customer experience to the next level, improve the standards and and get some real credibility for for the sector. And I think with people like you in the centre of it, Kirsty, then we're destined for success. So thank you so much for your time, for sharing your insights. I know there'll be lots of people who will benefit from that. And I look forward to continued engagement with you within ECXO and beyond that as well. So thank you for your time. Thanks, Christopher. Thanks a lot.